With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, I'm talking to you. I ain't telling you jealous. It feels so natural to The idea for this is to really to go into places people feel most comfortable and make them uncomfortable. Because if you're not involving yourself in this movement or showing solidarity, you actually are part of the problem. The problem is that it feeds into perceptions that are already pre-ingrained about the Clintons, that they're secretive. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what a beautiful thing. When she knew that her number was bigger than the number for her age, she knew that it meant something. She wanted to know if it meant that she was fat. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. My goal every day is to try to keep 218 frogs in a wheelbarrow long enough to get something passed. Good morning, it's 907 at News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. I love that frogs in a wheelbarrow line from John Boehner. I can't think of a better explanation, a better metaphor for what it's like to be the leader of a political group where you got to get people to vote, in particular, leader of Republicans, because Republicans will fight other Republicans. They, there is no, you know what I'm saying? It's, you got, you know, the Libertarian Republicans, you got the Conservative Republicans, you got the Business Republicans. You, know, you see it here in Georgia all the time. And a perfect example of that is the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, where it's Republicans at Republicans trying to figure out what they're going to do. You know who doesn't fight over the Religious Freedom Restoration Act? Democrats. Democrats have no fight in this at all. And that is amazing to me because if you go to michaelgram.com right now and then you click on my blog button my latest blog entry will pop up and you'll see a photo of a smiling democrat liberal democrat politician with the headline why is this man smiling he's smiling because he's an anti same sex marriage politician anti same sex marriage politician who voted in favor of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Who is this far-right, hate-filled, radical, anti-gay, anti-black supporter of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act who opposed same-sex marriage? Believe it or not, he was the Democrats' nominee for President of the United States in 2008. Barack Obama! Barack Obama voted in Illinois for the exact same Religious Freedom Restoration Act that people are protesting in Indiana today. Illinois, Indiana, they're right there. They're right there together. Gary, Indiana, practically in Illinois. And for some reason, there are people pouring into the streets of Indiana to protest the same bill that State Senator Barack Obama supported when he was a state senator. Why? I don't say they have the exact same law in Illinois. Well, Michael, I don't know what you're talking about. This religious freedom thing, it's a, it's a right-wing thing in those right-wing red states. You mean like New York? 
they have the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. No, those right-wing states. Oh, right-wing states. You mean like Pennsylvania? No, Michael, the right-wing state. I'm sorry. New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, every large state in the country except for California has the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. 20 states have passed it on per, you know, in, you know, overtly, and another 11 states had pre-existing laws already in place. So why are people screaming in Indiana? And in just a few moments, we're going to be talking to State Senator McCoon, one of the people trying to pass the RFRA here in Georgia. People are screaming and yelling, you can't pass Barack Obama's law here. You can't pass an Illinois liberal's law here. Why? Why? And you're going to hear what the president's spokesperson had to say when George Stephanopoulos, to his very small credit, after beating the crap out of Mike Pence, how dare you have a law that doesn't force people to violate their religion? It's only their religion. Force them. Mike Pence goes, dude, this is the same law they've got in Illinois. And I haven't even mentioned the fact that that notorious right-wing Republican, Bill Clinton, oh, wait, passed the same law at the federal level or signed it in 1993. Do you know which right-wing, far-right, red-state Republican co-sponsored the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act? Ted Kennedy. Nothing says rabid right-winger like Ted Kennedy. Now, it is true, as several of you who oppose the RFRA have said to me, he probably didn't know what he was sponsoring. He was probably drunk at the time. I can't argue with that. So if you want to ask yourself, so th- this is the question. This is what you will not see reported in the pages of the AJC. This is what you will not hear on Channel 2. This is what you will not get from the media covering what we're doing here in Georgia with the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. None of them will tell you, number one, it's already federal law. Number two, it's already the law in, 20, in 31 states, effectively. Number three, Barack Obama himself voted for this law as a state senator. Now, doesn't that change a little bit your perspective on how radically rabid right-wing this law is? And there's something else to be pointed out. This law has been the law for 20 years in various parts of the United States. Where are the cases of gay people being thrown out of businesses? Where are the cases of black people being denied service at a restaurant? Where are the cases of business hate that the RFRA people want to terrorize you with? Where are they? Where are the examples? 20 years of America. Where are the examples of this hate? Uh, you're going to hear from a pro-gay marriage law professor who also supports the RFRA because he's going, you guys, this is ev- everything you've been told about it is fundamentally bogus, fundamentally a lie. Everything from the biggest lie, which is this law will allow discrimination in public accommodation to gay people. That sentence is a lie. It is a direct lie. And yet you've heard it probably, what, 473,000 times in the past five days? It's a lie in Indiana. It's a lie in Georgia. That's why you and I get together to talk the natural truth. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. The governor uh, say right there, this is the same law he says that Barack Obama signed and voted for as a state senator back in Illinois. Look, if you have to go back uh, two decades to try to justify something that you're doing today, it may, may raise some questions about the wisdom of what you're doing. Look, it should be easy for leaders in this country to stand up and say that it is wrong to discriminate against people just because of who they love. 
That was Josh Ernest saying, yes, President Obama did vote for this exact same bill. But it was 20 years ago, and why are you talking to me? And I don't understand. Same law President Obama supported. Same law 31 states have. Indiana just passed it. It's a huge controversy. Why is it a controversy right next door? Why is it a controversy here in Georgia? And what is the status of the Religious uh, Freedom Restoration Act here in Georgia? Let's get the answer from State Senator Josh McCoon. Senator McCoon, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So the bill is dead for this year. Is that an accurate statement? You know, I, I've uh, I've always said and, until they drop the gavel on the final day, anything mm. is possible. But uh, you know, obviously, having the meeting canceled this morning uh, makes it less likely that we're going to get it done this year. Uh, but as I've been reminding many folks, uh, if the House Judiciary Committee fails to act. Uh, we will be back in 2016. The bill will be alive for next year. Um, and this does not really change anything from my perspective, whether we move it this week or we have to come back in January and move it then. Uh, Senator McCoon, some people are asking the question, why would stating explicitly that the law cannot be used to discriminate against anyone already protected by law kill it? After all, isn't Hasn't that always been the case, that that's one of the points that the supporters of the bill make, is that there are already laws in place to deal with uh, with uh, discrimination? Well, the point is, and, and of course you're right, um, a, a Georgia judge, if this law was passed the way it passed the Senate, that judge would be able to consider any anti-discrimination ordinance. The, the, the issue is that the amendment that was offered was going to essentially allow any local government to uh, invalidate the law. They could adopt something called a discrimination ordinance. And the, mm-hmm. the problem is when we talk about that versus things that are already written into the law, what you think of discrimination, what I think of discrimination, can be very different things. It's an elastic term, and it was designed to undercut uh, the protection afforded in the bill. So what we were hoping to be able to do is get that language out, uh, go with the language that was passed at the federal level 22 years ago. That's the law in 31 states, as you were saying earlier, and which has never been interpreted as written to shield any kind of discrimination. Uh, it is interesting that the people who oppose the RFRA can never give an example of someone who has suffered because the RFRA is in place. Well, and and the fact is, it it is a balancing test. I mean, what the opponents want people to believe is that if we pass this law, we somehow give people of faith a button they can press to exempt themselves from any law that they don't like. Mm -hmm. And that's simply not the way it works. It, it, It triggers a balancing test that a judge is able to do to say, okay, does your religious objection overcome a government interest, and, and that's that's what the judge makes the determination. Judges have been doing it for decades, and it hasn't been a problem. The sky hasn't fallen. Um, all we are really asking with this law is for free exercise claims to be given the same strict scrutiny analysis that free speech and free press claims already receive in this state. And, but, Senator McCoon, uh, are, hasn't Georgia dodged a bullet watching what's happening in Indiana, where the NCAA is threatening to you know, not return uh, you know, to tournaments there, and businesses are saying we're not going to do business there, and Google's attacking it? Wouldn't, it? wouldn't it be Georgia instead of Indiana if Georgia passed the law? Well, I think, obviously, we're going to see a, a few more days of this hyperventilating uh, with the far-left outrage machine in full overdrive. 
But the truth of the matter is, after a few days, the smoke clears, people realize this isn't uh, going to do anything harmful to any group. It's not going to authorize any kind of uh, hateful action towards anyone. The controversy is going to subside. Um, I frankly think that, you know, there's some corporate CEOs who are going to make some business decisions anyway and use this as a convenient excuse. So, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, do we only believe in protecting individual freedoms when it's not controversial? Uh, or are we willing to stand in the gap even in the face of, of frankly, unfair criticism? And I think that you do that all the time. I think, you, you know, if you're in the right, uh, you've got to stand up and say, we're taking this position for all 10 million Georgians to preserve their free exercise rights, but more importantly, to undergird the idea that we have a truly free society here in Georgia where every citizen is going to be respected. One last question. Why do you think it is the case that the media here in Georgia just will not point out that 31 states already have this law, that President Obama supported this law, that Bill Clinton passed, you know, signed this law, that Ted Kennedy co-sponsored the original bill at the federal level. Why is it that the AJC and WSB and others just won't report those facts? It, it's a huge frustration. You know, uh, I mean, I feel sometimes like I'm in the Matrix and I want these no reporters kidding. to take the red pill. <laughs> you know, but uh, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, it, it's a good narrative for the media to report. You know, the, these evil people who are trying to uh, lash out at folks and you pl- replay all these old, uh, tired narratives. But the truth of the matter is anybody that takes about 10 minutes to go behind the headlines will see very quickly this is a modest, common-sense protection for people of every faith. And even people who have no faith at all benefit when we have a society that respects the right of conscience of every Georgian. State Senator Josh McCoon, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Appreciate it, but the bill is dead. Just, just I'll just put that out. <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to be the guy presenting the autopsy, but the bill, <laughs> stick a fork in him, he's done. Thanks so much. That's Senator McCoon. I'm Michael Graham, 844-404-1067. So you tell me, why is this controversial? Bill Clinton, Ted Kennedy wrote it. Bill Clinton signed it. Barack Obama, as a state senator in Illinois, voted for it. 31 states have it. And if for some reason, if we get it today, oh my gosh, the world is going to end. Here is the the only arenas where this is going to have any impact. You own a bakery or a florist or a, a, a VFW venue, whatever, and someone says, hi, we want you to participate in our same-sex marriage. You say no. This bill means that there can't be a state or local law that forces you to say yes. And if that sounds far-fetched, It's already happened about a dozen times that we know of because the stories have gone national. We have no idea how many times at local level it's happened where the business said, okay, I'll just just cave in. I'll just cave in. Is that really worth all this? Really? This, 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 the NCAA cannot return. The tournament shouldn't be in Indiana. Indiana has the same law as Illinois. That's beside the point. We like Illinois. It's, it's all, it's all pure. Democrat versus Republican politics, because I don't believe I don't believe that even the most uh, solidly blue state liberal listener right now, whether you're here uh, in Atlanta or you're listening online uh, on uh, iHeartRadio, if you listen to the podcast, I don't believe that you want 
some nice little, you know, evangelical Christian grandma or some nice Muslim baker to be forced to participate in a marriage ceremony that that violates their beliefs. I don't believe you want that. I honestly believe that you want them to be spared from that. And uh, so you t- if I'm missing something here, 844-404-1067 is my phone number. I believe in protecting the rights of people that I don't agree with. I believe in protecting the rights of minority. For example, if you're a woman who owns a small business and you are uh, pro-life and you don't want to pay for abortifacient drugs at your work, I don't because it violates your religious beliefs, I don't think you should be forced to. I think you should be able to not participate in that, I, even though you're a woman. Obviously, the Georgia National Organization of Women doesn't agree. They think that women, Christians, women, Muslims should be forced to participate in that. I'm just sorry. I just don't. I'm, I just don't agree. Speaking of religion and pseudo-religion, did you see the fantastic documentary on Scientology last night on HBO? It was great. And I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about Scientology, courtesy of our friends at South Park. I am Michael Graham. It's 935. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. If you missed the terrific two-hour Scientology documentary on HBO last night, uh, we can't play the whole two hours for you, obviously, but we don't need to because South Park covered it in about two minutes. Stan, do you want to hear the great secret doctrine of life behind Scientology? Sure. This is highly classified church information. Usually to hear the secret doctrine, you have to be in the church for several years, Stan. Are you ready to hear the truth? I, I guess. You see, Stan, <laughs> there is a reason for people feeling sad and depressed. An alien reason. It all began 75 million years ago. Back then, there was a galactic federation of planets, they really which was this. ruled over by the evil Lord Xenu. Seriously. Xenu thought his galaxy was overpopulated, and so he rounded up countless aliens from all different planets, and then had those aliens frozen. Seriously. This is what they believe. The frozen alien bodies were loaded onto Xenu's galactic cruisers, which looked like DC-8s, except with rocket engines. The cruisers then took the frozen alien bodies to our planet. Seriously. And dumped them into the volcanoes of Hawaii. The aliens were no longer frozen. They were dead. The souls of those aliens, however, lived on and all floated up towards the sky. But the evil Lord Xenu had prepared for this. Yes. Xenu didn't want their souls to return, and so he built giant soul catchers in the sky. Souls were taken to a huge soul brainwashing facility, which Xenu had also built on Earth. Uh huh. There, the souls were forced to watch days of brainwashing material, which tricked them into believing a false reality. Xenu then released the alien souls, released. which roamed the Earth aimlessly in a fog of confusion. At the dawn <laughs> of man, the souls finally found bodies which they could grab onto. They Yours. attached themselves to all mankind, you. which still to this day causes all our fears, our confusions, and our problems. L. Ron Hubbard did an amazing thing telling the world this incredible truth. Now all we're asking you to do is pick up where he left off. But I don't know any of this stuff. 
Neither did Elrond when he started. He said he just closed his eyes and wrote down whatever came to mind. You can do the same. Just let it flow. Okay, I'll try. Okay, and that... write my room, but Tom Cruise won't come out of the closet. <laughs> I know. We sent Nicole Kidman up there to see if she can help. And, and what's so hilarious, and uh, I, I, you, you gotta love how preciously naive Cheryl and Steve were this morning when I mentioned them. Did you know that Rock Hudson was an early adapter of Scientology? And they had no clue. What? Why would that be? Rock Hudson, uh, John Travolta, Tom Cruise. No one's seeing a pattern here but me. Huh? No, I'm the only one. And just So, believe it or not, what you just heard there is what is the... Is the uh, the not theological, we can't call it the the historic underpinning of Scientology, according to L. Ron Hubbard, dead space alien souls floating around Earth, attaching themselves to human beings, and you have to pay Scientology lots of money to get your souls detached, to become clear. That's what they call them, call it, to become clear. And watching this uh, documentary last night was absolutely terrific going clear the highly anticipated documentary on the church of scientology debuted sunday night to a mass audience on national television hbo's movie these are the times we will all remember offering a hard-hitting look at the church best known for celebrity believers like tom cruise and john travolta the documentary includes interviews with former believers and former executives people who have since broken with the church now describing a bizarre cosmology straight out of the science fiction stories once written by scientology's founder l ron hubbard the film also claims miss cavage and other executives plotted ways to split up tom cruise and nicole kidman because church officials were worried kidman was steering Cruz away from his faith. Scientology has pushed back hard against the documentary, calling it bigoted and false, denouncing the sources as misfits, liars, perjurers, and professional anti-Scientologists. The church also claims the film's depiction of its beliefs is false and insulting. Uh, I don't know how you insult somebody who believes that galactic overlord Xenu put the dead bodies of aliens in our volcanoes, but their souls floated into the sky, so they had to go to re-education camps so they could then attach themselves to you, which is why you're depressed. I don't know. Where do you... How do you make that sound dumber? How do you make it sound worse? And if you are a Scientologist, if you practice Scientology, you're welcome to call in and straighten me out at 844-404-1067. But as I was watching this uh the documentary i kept thinking back again and again to the conversation we're having about the religious freedom restoration act i could not have less respect for scientologists than i do it's impossible i can't i couldn't i couldn't think i take it back i guess if you were a clan member i would think less of you but from an intellectual standpoint i can't think less of you and your intellect that you are blowing your cash on hold on to these cans so we can find the magic dead alien spirits stuck to your soul. But you should absolutely have the right to live that life, to follow that belief. I personally don't think it's religion. I think it's a total scam. It doesn't have any theological construct to it whatsoever. It's all about, you know, aliens, blah, blah. But hey, you know. As long as it is recognized by the IRS as a religion, then it should be, then you you are welcome to believe and live your life. And I don't want the government 
to force you to violate your beliefs. If, if you really honestly believe that the Phaeton Xenu soul catcher machine will be offended, if you are required to, I don't know what, uh, be logical, if, if, if logic and reason will hurt your little brain, whatever, then fine, live that way. That's what freedom is. Freedom is not, hi, we're your fellow citizens and we're going to give you permission to do what we would do. Because you don't need permission to do what we would do because we would do it anyway. You, you don't, the, the Constitution doesn't apply. The Constitution applies when you're talking about religious minorities who need their rights protected. And so if you're a uh, you know, business owner and uh, you someone asks you to uh, participate in a business transaction that violates your religion, you should be able to go to the court and say, come on, court, isn't there another way you guys can accomplish your goal besides making me violate my religion? And the fact that maybe most people don't agree with your religion, maybe 90% of the people don't agree with you, is beside the point. If, if you are a truly devout fundamentalist Catholic, if you're a truly devout fundamentalist Christian or Muslim, uh, you should be able to go and ask for First Amendment protection for your beliefs. And that protection will last up until it runs into some other compelling state interest, like, for example, banning discrimination based on race. That's why it's not happening. And I think that should be extended. So here's the deal I'm asking for you at 844-404-1067. If I'm willing to extend that protection to the nut job, lunatic, embarrassing, self-mocking Scientologists, surely you can find room in Georgia to extend that to Christians, Jews, uh, and Muslims. 844-404-1067. By the way, have you ever found that most Scientologists that you talk to have almost no idea what their L. Ron Hubbard guy actually teaches? You ever talk to a Scientologist? It is astonishing the tiny amount of information they have if you have a real life experience i'd love to hear from you at 844-404-1067 michael graham now and the kimmer at noon on news radio 1067 intense. Prominent Scientology critic, former church member Leah Rimini, posting, thank you to the brave who did something about it. And to those who didn't have a voice, you do now. Scientology defenders pushing back, too. One quoting actor and Scientologist Danny Masterson, writing on the HBO website, I wonder if Sundance would allow a documentary of, like, eight people who hate Judaism. It's 948. I am Michael Graham. It's not about hate. It's about reporting the real deal, which is that Scientology shakes people down for major, major uh, buckage as part of this scheme, all built on the premise that a mediocre science fiction writer in the 1960s uh, discovered that Lord Xenu had left a bunch of hypnotized zombie souls from aliens on Earth, and those hypnotized zombie souls have attached themselves to you, and that's why you struggle in your love life, or that's why you lack confidence, or that's why you are depressed. Once you stand up and say that, 
I'm sorry, you're fair game at every level. And yet, I think your right to believe that and practice that should be practiced as uh, uh, protected as much as possible. I think the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or as we are calling it, the Barack Obama Religious Freedom Restoration Act, since he proposed, uh, 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 signed off on the act and voted for it in Illinois, I think it should cover you. What am I missing? 844-404-1067. And I got an interesting email uh, asking a question I get quite a bit when the issue of Scientology comes up, and I will share that with you in just a second. But first, Whitney is on News Radio 1067. Good morning, Whitney. Good morning, Michael. So have you had an encounter with uh, Scientology? Oh, yes, I have, actually. Um, I took a position at a dental office in town, and um, it was good. And then they gave me a 500-page manual. And it was literally like a kindergartner manual. It was like, <laughs> scroll down, press enter. Uh-huh. Like I was an imbecile. And I had been doing this, I've been doing this for 20 years. And then I realized all of the books that were surrounding me in my office were not medical books or dental books they were this like leather bound Scientology whatever they're called like Dianetics and stuff like that the, everything Dianetics he right. actually gave me a book um, the beginner's book to Dianetics mm-hmm. and it was like what word do you think <laughs> of when you see this triangle <laughs> and I was like what is going on this mm-hmm. is insane Insane. I thought it was crazy. And then, but he, every, I mean, like, he contributes, he, contri- I'm assuming he still does, um, so much to the Church of Scientology right. that he actually had a couple of people fly out from L.A. to come see him and took pictures there's a picture of him with tom cruise of course absolutely everybody hangs out with tom with tom cruise if they can lure him out of the closet one of the things that i love about this is it's a uh south park reference one of the things i loved about the documentary was really really good uh was they, they explained something to me that i didn't understand i assume that when people get involved in scientology that they know the story behind it, the whole Xenu, Galactic Orvalo. I mean, if you become a Christian, a Christian, you start with the premise that there is a God, that human beings, you know, have a, a fallen spirit, fallen soul, if you will, that you need to be revived, have your life restored. And so Christ, you know, died so that you could have your life restored. I assume you start Judaism, the premise, you know, that God chose these people and he's guided over them and gave them the truth that will lead you in the law that will lead you to salvation. Islam, I assume you know that Muhammad was in a cave and he went into trances and he shared the truth of Allah. But I just assume, so I assume that when you become a Scientologist, you had to know about the dead spirits floating around and the aircraft, the airplanes from 5 million years ago and blah, 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 blah. But it turns out that I was wrong. Somehow they set this up so that people are already thousands of dollars into this, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this thing, in fact, before they find out what's really, what the real story is. We talk about, you know, the fact that the Earth was created in such and such trillions of years ago, and this, this guy s- s- 
Space guy. Galactic overlord. This was the prison planet and people being caught and captured and being brought to planet Earth. And put them in volcanoes and then blow them up with A-bombs. Whoa. <laughs> I studied geography in school. Those volcanoes didn't exist 75 million years ago. And we have these lost souls all over us and we have to get rid of them. And I'm going, what? <laughs> the f*** are you talking about? <laughs> By the way, that was the filmmaker, Paul, uh, what's his name? He made uh, uh, Crash, won an Academy Award a few years ago. Paul, uh, I forget. But watching him d- doing this interview last night, and this is as he was recounting the, and so they bring me this, like, ultimate truth of Scientology. I'm like, oh, my God. What, okay, what am I missing? What am I getting wrong? And yet he said, Paul Haggis, thank you. But he, but he stayed. He stayed in it for years afterwards. One of the points that people made is, while they were abusing these members and while they were treating people like crap and while they were sicking private investigators on people who chose to leave because it was so nutty and while they were attacking families and destroying families and destroying people's reputations, people like Tom Cruise and John Travolta knew or had to know what was going on and they did nothing. They haven't spoken out. They've instead stood by Scientology. And I just, it's, I have a hard time respecting how can you watch this cruelty to others? Who cares what kooky stuff you believe in? How can you watch this cruelty to others and stand by silently? That will always be on Tom Cruise and John Travolta's head. Andrew, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, I lived in uh, the Clearwater Dunning area for about five years and was kind of clueless uh, that the Scientologists were taking over that entire area. And my buddy and I were driving through Clearwater in his convertible. We're in the middle of a conversation, just, and we're sitting at a stop sign, and all these people in the white look like Coast Guard uniforms walking around, and I'm just <laughs> assuming it's, you know, I'm assuming it's Coast Guard right. because of where we're at. And then out of the blue, my buddy, in the loudest voice he could get, goes, and Elon Hubbard was shooting snack while having sex with a donkey. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And then I realized that everybody's looking at us like, right. we're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And then he guns his 5.0 Mustang and gets us the hell out of there. I'm like, dude, what was that? <laughs> he explains to me who these people are. And then I started having more experience with them when I was doing business. You know, I had uh, I, I was in a furniture business and I delivered furniture to some of these places where they had 10 people living in a two-bedroom apartment. Yep. Um, it was just, and you would have conversations with them. You know, like, oh, my God, you guys are insane. And this is before I even knew that it wasn't just Dianetics. It was all this, you know, Xeon. And sure. They're, well, they're, think about it. You've got, you've got a tax exemption. You've got people working for you for basically 40 cents an hour. And so you've got money pouring in by the fistfuls. Add it all up, and it is a brilliant, brilliant scam. But it is a total and utter scam. If you're a Scientologist and you think I'm being unfair, you're welcome to call and explain things from your perspective. 844-404-1067. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 10.05 on News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC and star of the show. So glad that you are here. On News Radio 1067, the phone number 844-404-1067. If you're going to give us a call, your chance to win free lunch in about an hour and 45 minutes from our uh, wonderful lunch line. 
Uh, we do it every every day at 1145 or so. Special thanks to everybody at Carefree uh, Boats and Carefree Boat Club. Julie and Michael are great people. Hung out with them on Saturday up at uh, Aqua Marina, Lazy's Day Marina. Just It was gorgeous. Blue skies out on Lake Lanier. Oh, man, fantastic. Had a great time. Then hung out with Southside Steve from our sister station, Rock 100.5, for his big birthday bash at Wild Bill's. I had never been there. I tell you, life... If you think that uh, hearing Journey for an hour is a dream, you ought to hear a cover band of Journey. That was just, that was just great. Okay, so, but no, it was fun. It was fun. Everyone was terrific. Everyone was very, very kind. A lot of people came up and said, hey, listen to YouTube, blah, blah, blah. So it was always good, and I love, uh, I love that. If you ever see me out and about, come over, say hi. I definitely want to talk to you. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in the world, and sometimes the world doesn't make any sense. You have been told nonstop now, particularly over this weekend because of what happened in Indiana, that Indiana has made it legal for you to throw black customers and gay customers out of your business. This is a lie, a direct, direct lie. Uh, and as I pointed out in the last hour, one of the reasons I know it's a lie is because uh, a state senator in Illinois named Barack, you know who, Obama, voted for this same Religious Freedom Restoration Act. As uh, Indiana Governor Michael Pence tried to point out when he was being grilled by George Stephanopoulos on ABC News. Uh, The Religious Freedom Restoration Act was signed into federal law by President Bill Clinton more than 20 years ago. And it lays out a framework for ensuring that uh, a very high level of scrutiny is given any time government action impinges on the religious liberty of any American. After last year's Hobby Lobby case, uh, Indiana properly. Uh, brought uh, uh, the same version that uh, then-State Senator Barack Obama voted for in Illinois before our legislature. Before Mike Pence signed that, 30 states had the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, not to mention the entire federal government. Now it's 31 states. Why is everyone screaming and yelling? There's a city councilor here in Atlanta who wants the NCAA to move the Final Four from Indianapolis, where they're supposed to play this coming weekend, to Atlanta. Now, I will give a thumbs up to City Councilor Andre Dickens. I like how you're thinking, buddy. Yeah, look, it's your job to be opportunistic for your city. And if we could get the final four here, that'd be great. But, of course, you can't because people already have their plane tickets and their hotel rooms and blah, blah, blah. It's a ridiculous idea. But it also highlights something. Where can you go to not be in a place that has a Religious Freedom Restoration Act? They can't move the NCAA Final Four from Indianapolis to Chicago because Chicago has it. They can't move it to New York because New York has it. They can't move it to Detroit or to uh, Cincinnati because Michigan and Ohio has it. They can't move it to Philadelphia because Pennsylvania has it. The, The vast majority of the country already has this law and has had it for 20 years. So why is everyone screaming now? It has nothing to do with the law and everything to do with politics. I believe in extending... The right for you, and just to cut this down to its basics, all the law says, all the Religious Freedom Restoration Act says is, if someone comes up and says, I want, to, I want the government to force you to do something that violates your religion, it requires the courts to use the highest level of scrutiny. Just like if someone said, I want to do something to you that violates your right to free speech. I want the government to take away your right to free speech. The government can, but in very narrow circumstances. And that's all it does. It just gives your religious freedom the same power, the same authority as your first other First Amendment rights like free speech. That's all it does. End of story. And I think that should extend, including even though I don't think it's a religion, I think it's a total scam. It should extend 
for the moment to Scientology. The story is that 75 million years ago, people lived in a world very much like the world of America in the 1950s. People at that particular time and space were walking around in clothes which looked very remarkably like the clothes they wear at this very minute. And the cars they drove looked exactly the same. And they walked down streets that looked like these streets. It was a very similar world and similar problems, one of which was overpopulation. They had elected a fellow by the name of Zimu to the supreme ruler. There was a tyrannical overlord of the galactic confederacy named Zenu. <laughs> in order to resolve this problem of overpopulation, he called people in, ostensibly for tax audits, and had them frozen with injections of glycol to their heart. Boxed them up in boxes, threw them into space planes. DC-8 airplane is the exact copy of the DC space plane of that day. They were flown to the prison planet, Tijiak. It's actually the planet Earth. Tijiak. And these frozen bodies were then dropped into volcanoes. And then they set off hydrogen bombs on the top of each volcano. And their disembodied spirits, these are called Thetans. That voice you heard in the background that sounded like it was on a phone, that was actually L. Ron Hubbard himself from last night's HBO documentary. So L. Ron Hubbard really wrote this lunatic crap. And people want to buy into it. And I say, hey, you know, this is America. You're right to uh, believe it. Absolutely. I support that 100%. I think the Religious Freedom Restoration Act should even extend to Scientologists. And you're kooks. 844-404-1067. Do you really want people forced to violate their religion in order just to own a florist shop or a bakery or a dress shop do you really want to force them to do that is that really how you want to balance things and why is it that people are screaming in indiana today when virtually when the majority of states in the country have the same law doesn't that prove that this is all about hyper partisan uh uh far left politics and has nothing to do with normal people going about their lives or how we get along as citizens michael graham now and the kimmer at noon on news radio 1067 It's 1018. I am Michael Graham. 844-404-1067. Why so much controversy over a Religious Freedom Restoration Act here in Georgia, which has been killed in the legislature and the one in Indiana, when President Obama voted for it while he was a state senator and the President Bill Clinton signed it at the national level and 31 states already have it. I think that makes that point. Uh, and But it is interesting that this topic has arisen at the same time that HBO did their documentary last night on uh, Scientology, uh, and uh, you know, it's it, it has been proven in the it has proven in the past to be dangerous to talk about Scientology, but man, they did a terrific job. <laughs> and uh, I went, you know, she, they said, so like, have you met an SP? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, what a beautiful thing, because maybe one day it'll be like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe one day it will be that. Wow, SPs, like, they'll just read about those in the history books, you know? <laughs> What's an SP? It's a person whose natural uh, humanity has been suppressed, SP, suppressed person, by the dead 
spirit of a thetan stuck to their souls. So you have a thetan stuck to you, and therefore you are suppressed. They really mean this, 844-404-1067. I got asked a key question by email, michael at michaelgram.com, about how can you mock uh, Scientology without mocking every other religion, and I will answer that, happy to answer that in just a second. First, so let's go to Lisa. Lisa, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Well, hello. I um, I used to be in that group, and I will be kind in saying that, yeah. And when I left, I found out the truth. I was way up in the higher levels, and I lost my family because they have a disconnection policy. Right. And if you go and speak out against them to try to get your your child back, they will send detectives out on you. And as long as you say and do what they want mm-hmm. and pay the money, pay the money is the key. If you do not have the money, then you are considered a downstat and there's something wrong with you, and they send you to ethics, and they send you, they will even declare you. And, um, you know, uh, they Lisa, can, can, have, I ask, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How, sure. did, you, how did you get started in Scientology? How did, I, I, um, I was um, in a graduate school, and I was told that this would help me in my career. Oh, okay. And um, my ex-husband was a doctor, and they told him that it would help him in his um, business. Okay. And they they deceive, and they do not tell you like uh, like a Methodist. You know, I was raised a Methodist. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you're getting into sure. when you become in a religion, but not in this particular group. And then they get um, they they get these e-meters on you, and they get all of your secrets from life. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, has has things sure. that they wish they had not done. Everybody. I mean, Obama, everybody. Sure. And um, so, so you, you know, you wonder why the big stars don't leave. Well, because there's, they set up things so that when you do leave, they have data on you, and they don't keep their religious, um, you know, m- minister, parishioner, sure. you know, confidentiality. They do not do that. Yeah. They will get family members that are in the, in the group, to talk about it is if they knew that, which you knew they didn't, and then they will go and make statements all over everywhere and pretend it was their family, your family saying that. Sure, so right. and they made that clear last. Did you watch the HBO special last night? Yeah, I know I didn't. I'm, I, I did not. Well, but, if yeah, you get a chance, deceptive. Lisa, definitely watch it because it was fascinating. They made that point too that in this process of becoming clear, you do, you know, they do these evaluations. They they hook you up to this e meter or something that detects. The evil Thetan presence. I forget. You hold these two big metal cans in your hand and they ask you questions. But they really ask you kind of psychotherapy kind of questions so that you reveal, yes, when I was younger, I did this, you know, I smoked pot, I whatever, I had a, you know, gay experience or I, you know, committed a crime or something or I, you know, I shamed myself this way because, as Lisa pointed out, nobody's perfect. And then they find out all the stuff you did and now they've got a file on you of that stuff, which is a very powerful thing. But I want to address the question, Michael. How can you mock Scientology when you're not mocking Christianity? I mean, think about Christianity. This guy is born and he's man, but he's God at the same time. How is that possible? And then he gets killed, but then he rises from the dead. And then he ascends up to heaven. How can any rational person believe that, Michael? It's just as crazy. Moses, what, God chose these people and guided them through the desert and he had a uh, special tabernacle that they, you know, an ark that they carried, and the presence of God was manifest physically in fire and in smoke. Come on, how can you believe that? And I agree with you that the premise of religion is 
uh, beyond rational, supernatural. In other words, there's the natural world you understand, and then there's the world of faith, which is super. By definition, it's beyond reason. You have to believe something. And so everybody who has a participation in any kind of actual religion has to believe something that uh, you, without faith you wouldn't believe. That, you know, that there's a higher power that intervenes in your life. Without, you have to believe that by faith. That, you know, the, you know, the reason why things are happening to you are being guided by supernatural force. That Obviously, your, your rational brain goes, well, that's not true. Where? What are you talking about? But supernatural it has to be. My point is not that religion asks you to believe things that are uh, beyond reason. My point is that not every religion asks you to jump as far beyond <laughs> reason as Scientology. And, and I don't say this to me mean my good friends, the Mormons. I was madly in love with a Mormon when I was in high school. Her first name was Summer. Wasn't that a great name for a girl? And she had no interest in me whatsoever. But she did use my total obsession with her to get me to go to Mormon church or I forget what they call it. Uh, they have a different word for it. But we went to the, the I went I attended services with her. And so I read about Mormonism and I read the I, I read uh, the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine of Covenant, Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price Ward. We took, she took me to their ward. That was what it was. And you're reading this and going, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that. When Jesus was on earth in what's now Israel, he traveled to Utah and converted Native Americans in Utah to Christianity. And then these, this tribe of Indians who were converted to Christianity were totally wiped out. And that's why there's no evidence of them and the way we know this is that a guy named Joseph Smith in America in the 1800s had two magic rocks that let him read golden tablets out of a hat. And no one else was allowed to see the golden tablets. Only Joseph Smith was allowed to see the golden tablets in the 1850s or 30s, whatever it was. And he's reading them through magic rocks. That's what. Oh, oh and that when you die. You get to be an Adam or an Eve on another planet to start the process of populating that planet and being the Adam and Eve on that planet somewhere else. That's that's what Mormons. Okay, then. Well, and see, so you meet Mormons and they're wonderful people and they're nice people and they, they it's just real. Oh, really? You're really you. you I, that, I have to go that far. You know, it's one thing to believe Jesus died for our sins. One thing, Jesus died for our sins, and on the way, he went to Utah, saved people there. They magically disappeared, and we have golden tablets with rocks that we use to read them. Yeah. So, not all religions require the same. They all require a, a leap of faith, but there's like the one-step leap of faith, and then there's the Grand Canyon. There's the evil Knievel, can't quite make it, Snake River leap of faith. And I would put Scientology and Mormonism into that category. Am I wrong? Not trying to be mean. Just trying to tell you the natural truth. I am Michael Graham. Good morning. It's 1034. I am Michael Graham. So glad to be here. So glad it is raining. Thank God for the rain. I need the relief from my allergies. I'm sorry. I'm just a horrible weekend fighting these things off ah but uh 
you know, it's beats. You know, it, it could be worse. I know, blah blah blah. But man, I just they, these allergies are killing me. Hey, another thing too that I've noticed, and and I could be completely alone on this. Is anyone else bothered by the obsessive media coverage of the German Wings plane crash? I'm watching CNN and MSNBC. They're doing like reenactments of the plane crash. They have animated planes flying into buildings. They have animated co-pilots. They, they actually have, they, I'm not making this up. CNN has a news story where they did an animated version of the pilot knocking on the door. trying to. We know the story. The story is a mentally ill co-pilot hid his illness from his boss. And he chose to kill himself and murder 149 other people. That's the whole story. There's no other. I mean, once you knew it wasn't a terrorist attack, once you knew there wasn't some other aspect, what else, what else is there to talk about? I mean, if you want to have an extended conversation about what are the you know guidelines for stopping mentally ill people from becoming pilots, well, they already have screening. You can increase the psychological screening. You can encourage coworkers to report things they see. But really, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is, in life, stuff just happens. And in this case, the stuff that just happened is you had a guy with mental issues who had been able to hide them, and he flew an airplane, and he made this decision. I don't need a graphic reenactment of the, I get it. I know what happened. Plane crash. Hello. Terrible. It's uh, just, it creeps me out, this obsession with this story. I just don't know if I'm the only person who feels that way. 844-404-1067. Another story that, and you may think I have a uh, obsession with it, is the shooting in Cobb County of the uh, guy working at the Goodyear station. You know, the guy who was pulling the Maserati around to the garage. No, he did not jump into the Maserati to flee. He was already in it. He was there being served a misdemeanor warrant. No, not a felony warrant. You've been lied to. It was a misdemeanor warrant, even though the spokesperson for Smyrna police repeatedly lied in public and said it was a felony warrant. This this 25-year-old new dad was killed by a cop over misdemeanors. And that seems pretty bad. Particularly given that Smyrna City Police won't answer the question, what were you doing outside Smyrna City limits to serve a probation violation for misdemeanors in the first place? And they won't answer the question, how many bullets did the officer shoot? And they won't answer the question, will you show us the warrant? So that seems like something worth investigating, right? The guy... You know, the charge against him was possession of less than an ounce of pot and obstructing a police officer doing his duty, both both misdemeanors. And now he's dead. You'd think you want an investigation, right? Well, the Cobb County police chief has announced that he will be investigating himself. The Cobb County police have rejected calls for a GBI investigation and instead we will investigate ourselves and we will do a tough job investigating just how great we did. Just because I know we were perfect in every way doesn't mean you will not get a thorough investigation of our perfectionness. And so the Cobb County police chief is basically he's pulling a Hillary. You don't need to see what happened. We know what happened. We got it covered. Could, could, could we see the document? You don't need to see it. I, I, told, I looked at it. It's fine. Dude, your cops were there with the Smyrna cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. I got it. I got it covered. Don't worry about it. You just sit there and mind your own business. I'll look at. Really, police chief? Hey, Chief Lee. While you're investigating yourself, why don't you call Hillary and have her wipe your emails clean for you at the same time? You know, you can clean out your files and clean out your servers. 
So police, Cobb Police Chief Hillary will be investigating Hillary's team to make sure that they are on the up and up. Are we okay with that? Even if you think that the 25-year-old deserves to be killed for fleeing the cops, you at least got to support the idea that when the cops kill an unarmed guy, there ought to be an objective investigation. And can I also point something out? It's the GBI. They never bust any cops for doing anything. This is the GBI that couldn't bust the police chief in Peachtree City who shot his own ex-wife while he was drunk and stoned in the middle of the night with a gun that it is impossible to fire accidentally. So it's the GBI. Their motto, GBI stands for Got Your Back Idiot. If No matter how bad your behavior is as a police officer, the GBI is never going to bust you. And yet, even that is too much for the Cobb County police chief. He says, no, we're going to investigate ourselves. Does this sound reasonable to you? Um, 844-404-1067. There's going to be a uh, vigil tomorrow night on behalf of the guy who was uh, killed. And I, I think it's good that we keep the conversation going. I don't think, though, that uh, going to restaurants while people are trying to eat brunch and harassing them is such a good idea. That's what happened uh, here in Atlanta yesterday. I guess it's cool to to rally the troops for your cause, but if they're going to come in, you know, it'd be nice enough to order something. Yeah, the manager of one of the restaurants that they hassled, who happens to be a black woman herself, was like, really, you know, we're just here trying to serve some breakfast. We're just trying to pay the bills. That's not good enough. According to Zakaya Anderson, if you aren't rudely interrupting people during a meal, you are part of the, you're just as bad as the cops. The idea for this is to really to go into places people feel most comfortable and make them uncomfortable. Because if you're not involving yourself in this movement or showing solidarity, you actually are part of the problem. Really? So you have to go interrupt people during their meals at who are completely unrelated to the case or you're part of the problem? I would like to see the protesters protesting where the protest matters at the police station. I mean that if you're going to protest, go to the police station, hold up signs and say, we want you to review your policies. We want you to have the GBI investigate. We want full transparency. Those are things everyone can support. You don't have to be a, you know, uh, Al Sharpton hero and you don't have to think the cops are always right. You can support. Yeah, we've got to have reasonable reviews. And this case is a problem. Why can't you do that? But you're not going to win people over when they're. They're sitting there with their $13 Eggs Benedict's breakfast, and you're in there. Black Lives Matter, what's wrong with you? You suck. You suck. Oh, jeez, so we're just eating breakfast here. 844-404-1067 is the phone number. Email me, michael at michaelgram.com. Michael Graham now, and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning. It is 1049. I am Michael Graham. Thanks so much to, for sharing part of your morning with me. 844-404-1067. I've been talking about the uh, HBO uh, documentary on Scientology that's got uh, people buzzing, uh, particularly Tom Cruise and um, John Travolta. 844-404-1067. We're also talking about the Re- Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which has probably been killed here in Georgia and the fact that 31 states already have it. And we've been talking about the uh, decision of people who want to see reforms for the police, and that includes me, 
making the decision to go hassle people during brunch at these uh, Black Brunch ATL events. Do you agree that if you are sitting there minding your own business and eating a meal and you're not out protesting that you're part of the problem of police abuse? I just don't buy that. I'm sorry. I I, I wasn't harassing anybody at brunch yesterday, and I hope I'm going to be part of the solution, particularly as we continue to mock uh, 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 Cobb County Police Chief Hillary for wiping his own email server clean all by investigating himself. Amber wants to talk about Scientology. Amber, thank you for the call. Go right ahead. Hi there. Thank you. Um, I was a new resident of a different state, and to protect my identity and safety, I will not say where. Okay. Um, but I got a new job at a dental practice, and the um, head dentist was a Scientologist. Um, artwork all over the place in the dental practice was all Scientology. Um, they wanted all of the staff members to go to an outside training for, okay. for business. I did some research on it and found out that it was a Scientologist, Scientology-based um, business meeting. And I elected to not go. That did not go over well. I said, I'm not trying to get out of work. I, right. I will clean the I will clean the dental practice. Sure. I will, you know, whatever. So I actually worked that day in the dental office by myself, and the rest of the team went to the Scientology-based business thing. Uh, the very next week, uh, in my little inbox, I received two checks. They double paid me, and it was a trap. They were going to fire me ah. by saying I was stealing funds. Well, I am an honest person, and I went to the office manager and handed, you know, I handed him both checks. I said, only one belongs to me. And he looked at me like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> and, <laughs> and lo and behold, they did fire me the very next week. Wow. Uh, has yep. any, have there been any consequences from Scientology since? Um, I since moved um, here, <laughs> um, but as far as consequences go, the dental, the actual head dentist had told me about this past life experience that he had. Uh-huh. And I told my boyfriend, I said, this is just bizarre. He was telling me about this mm-hmm. horse and just all this weird stuff. And I told him about it. And he was friends. My boyfriend was friends with a, den- with a dentist's wife and told her, well, that created some type of conflict within Scientology and he had to go to Clearwater for like a couple weeks and they didn't have a head dentist in the dental office because I apparently knew too much and this guy told me too much stuff. It was so crazy. That is crazy. Uh, well, yeah. Lisa, we, thank you for the call at 844-404-1067. I want you to know Lisa's his name is not really Lisa and she's one of the many people who's contacted us who said, I don't want to go on the air or I have to use a fake name or whatever. What? So this is what Scientology does. It scares the snot out of everybody else, at least Mormons. I mean, you may think the whole, you know, Jesus went to Utah and you're going to get your own planet one day stuff is kind of crazy and the magic rocks and the golden tablets. But Mormons inspire joy and happiness and warm hugs. It's only the Scientologists that are terrifying People with their and and, and uh, in the past there have been media outlets who've refused to do stories on Scientology because of the harassment. And one of the things the documentary showed last night 
uh, unleashing private investigators on private citizens and harassing private citizens in their homes and uh, uh, scaring them. There's even one reporter who's, while, while he was writing a piece on Scientology for the L.A. Times, his dog ended up poisoned in his front yard. What the heck is that about? Leah is on News Radio 106.7. Leah, we've been talking about the media coverage of the German Wings air crash. You are on the air. Hi, Michael. Hi. I'm just wondering. I commented a few months ago on the uh, Paris terrorist attacks, Je suis Charlie. Sure. And you were calling the media, you know, you were saying basically that they weren't doing their jobs because they weren't reporting the news. Right. Well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Now they're reporting the news and you're complaining. Well, there's when you're covering the primary facts, for example, that it was a Jewish grocery store and saying this just it was a, quote, group of folks at a deli. Well, then you're leaving out key facts. Do you think that there are any key facts we need to know about this plane crash other than the guy was crazy? I don't know. Maybe, but. You know, they're doing this is exactly what I was saying no, back had, then. I don't they no, are reporting. We don't need to know every single thing. You're right. But we do need to know the relevant facts. I don't know what's relevant beyond the fact he was crazy. I don't I don't want a reenactment, by the way, of the attack on the magazine or reenactment on the, on the attack of the Jewish grocery store. Uh, but this is this obsession with this. There's nothing more to know that I find particularly compelling but that's why we took your call and and if there's something else that i need to know please email me michael at michaelgram.com um so there's a fascinating article that just came out this weekend that says uh we have got to stop fat shaming people and that uh it's calling an obese person fat is the same as dropping the N-bomb on a black person or using a slur to describe a gay person. And I thought that was an interesting argument, particularly given that there's some people right here in Atlanta who think that their kids are being fat shamed by a policy at their public school. I'm going to share this story with you and get your reaction. And also my thoughts as a former fatty myself, 844-404-1067. I am Michael Graham. The idea for this is to really to go into places people feel most comfortable and make them uncomfortable because if you're not involving yourself in this movement or showing solidarity, you actually are part of the problem. The problem is that it feeds into perceptions that are already pre-ingrained about the Clintons that they're secretive. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what a beautiful thing. When she knew that her number was bigger than the number for her age, she knew that it meant something. She wanted to know if it meant that she was fat. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. My goal every day is to try to keep 218 frogs in a wheelbarrow long enough to get something passed. It's 11.05 on News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. And if you are the kind of person who interrupts a bunch of total strangers 
uh, meals at a restaurant because your politics is so personal and profound. There is a word for you as we pay. You are a total as we pay. It's ridiculous that uh, people trying to eat breakfast or brunch at Paces and Vine in Vinings uh, and at another Broken Egg Cafe and at Canoe down on the river had to. They, you're sitting there. You write a check, you know, or or without a credit card, I should say, to buy a meal for you and your family. And here come these people who are so important. You don't understand what I care about is so important that I have the right to ruin your meal over it. No, you don't. No, if, look. If the people at this restaurant had any connection whatsoever to the the uh, uh, the alleged wrongdoing, then I would be with you completely. If this was a restaurant that refused to serve black people, I'd be standing there with you. But what's the connection between the eggs at the Another Broken Egg Cafe and the behavior of the cops in DeKalb County or the cops in Smyrna? What's the connection? I'm look. I'm with you. We need reforms. We need balance. Since 9-11, things have gotten out of balance. Uh, Law enforcement has too much power, too much authority. Citizens' rights are stepped on too often. Citizens of all races, but in particular black males. I agree with you. It is harder in America to be black than to be white. You're right. But you're undermining your cause by acting like such D-bags, by storming into these restaurants. We're so important. We're so profound. And then mocking the parent. One, One guy says to the protesters, you're scaring my kids. I have little kids here. They don't know what's going on. There's a bunch of people sitting around screaming at them. They don't know what's going on. I'm glad you're scared. Our kids are scared, too. Of of the brunchers? Are you scared? Kids are scared of the hollandaise sauce, the omelets? What are you scared of? And then, there's a fruit plate, Daddy, a fruit plate! Of course... This is not the way to win hearts and minds. These are some of the same geniuses who shut down the connector during rush hour. I don't care what your cause is, whether it's race relations, world peace, fighting hunger, you know, spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever your cause is, if you're standing in the interstate during rush hour, someone should run your ass over. That is God's will for your life is for you to be hit by a large, fast moving car. And uh, the good news is that the restaurants in all these places did the absolutely right thing. They called the cops to have these people thrown out on their butts because that's what's supposed to happen when you trespass and annoy people and disturb the peace on purpose. You're not someone at a table who's a little you know, loud and upset because you're having an argument with your wife or whatever. You're coming there. Hi, we're here to ruin your meals to make a point so that we can feel better about ourselves when we leave here. Uh, And so, uh, gang, friends, there are smarter ways to get things to happen. And calling all of the people in the restaurant who are minding their own business racists or supporters of racism, that's a real D-baggy thing to do. The idea for this is to really to go into places people feel most comfortable and make them uncomfortable because if you're not involving yourself in this movement or showing solidarity, you actually are part of the problem. Uh, Lady Zakaya Anderson, you have no idea what these people are doing when they leave. They're sitting there having brunch. You know, fighting injustice isn't a 24-7 job. Sometimes you take a break for a meal. You have no idea who these people are or what they're doing. For all you know, I mean, in all seriousness, I I know know a lot of you are mad at me because I'm... you know, trying to get 
the cops be held responsible. You're mad at me for mocking uh, cowardly Cobb County Police Chief Hillary, who's cowering under his desk, wiping his email server clean and refusing to let the GBI even investigate his own officers. And you're mad at me. But I, I think it's safe to say that I'm trying to do something to help promote the idea of reform, of restoring this balance. So if I'm sitting there with my kids having brunch this Sunday, which I very well may be, Easter Sunday, you have brunch after church, are you going to scream and yell at me? You don't, you don't know who you're screaming and yelling at, and you're not helping your cause. And I wish you had the foresight and the guts to go where you should be, which is to the police. Go stand outside the police department and just wave signs and bring people's attention to it. Make your case. Make your arguments. Make your relevant, legitimate arguments. Go to, to elected officials and say to the Cobb County counselors and to the Smyrna City Councilors, what are you going to do about this case? A guy killed for fe- fleeing the cops over a misdemeanor? A misdemeanor. Really? Possession of less than an ounce of pot? You're going to shoot him over this? But instead, you're at the restaurant annoying people and bothering people. And uh, I thought this customer had a very good point. I guess it's cool to to rally the troops for your cause. But if they're going to come in, you know, be nice enough to order something. <laughs> they're chasing away. Some customers dig it up and leave. They get, so I'm not going to sit here and listen to people scream at you. I'm having breakfast. And the, it's the waiters, the servers. The manager of uh, Paces of Vine happens to be a black woman. Not that that is relevant or should be relevant, but for those of you obsessed with race, she's a black woman. So you just screwed her and her job and her customers and her business. Really? 844-404-1067. Speaking also of other D-baggy moves, uh, wait do you hear what happened to a little girl who came home from school with a letter Mandated by Michelle Obama and her friends. Uh, I don't, once again, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Whether you're a uh, black brunch protester or you're a federal government official or a, a, a school board member, what are you trying to accomplish by making these kids feel bad about their weight? Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. We are half an hour away from free lunch at Tin Lizzie's Cantina in the lunch line, so stay tuned. Speaking of lunch, from the uh, Guardian newspaper, Barbara Ellen writes, fat shaming is as disgusting as any other prejudice. Uh, A new study from University College London found that weight discrimination, that phrase right there is fascinating to me, weight discrimination accounts for about 40% of the harmful psychological effects associated with obesity. The lead researcher says that there should be laws protecting fat people from discrimination the same way that we have laws protecting people based on color and sexual orientation. Isn't it time to recognize obesity as a food disorder, she writes? You would never tell an anorexic person, just eat something. Why would you tell a fat person, just stop eating something? And she goes on to write that the myth persists that overweight is your being overweight is your fault. That's the myth that persists. Really, is that really a myth? I'm not so sure. You know, it's, it is an interesting. First of all, being mean to people just for the sake of being mean 
what, you're just a jerk, you know? Fat, having, I, when I was in the fourth grade, I weighed 145 pounds. I was in the sixth grade, I weighed 165 pounds. I was a fat tub of goo. And I knew I was a fat tub of goo, and no one needed to remind me I was a fat tub of goo. And yet my classmates felt the need regularly to do so. And you know what that did? That inspired me to try not to be a fat tub of goo. And so eventually I had a combination of a growth spurt and diet change or whatever. But then later in life, I, I started, you know, it, it's it's my natural. If I let myself do what I wanted to do, I would weigh 300 pounds. So I don't. So I'm one of these people who lives under this myth that if you're fat, it's because of the choices you make about how much calorie intake you have versus how much calorie output you go. And let's set it aside. Yes, there are those little exceptions, blah, blah, blah. My question is, is fat shaming really a bad thing? Would it have been better for me if everybody around me when I'd been a kid had just said, oh, it's it's okay. You are how you are. Don't worry about it. Would I be better off today if I were 300 pounds and fat and eating all the double down chicken KFC sandwiches I can, which is a lot, and eating all the barbecue I can, which is a lot? I don't know. I, I have to be honest with you. I I have been a longtime supporter of the, the phrase fat shaming is too strong. But if, I think that if you're uncomfortable for being unhealthily overweight, that that's not necessarily a bad thing. That that discomfort can be what gives you the energy, the, the drive, the will to turn down the food you want to eat and go to the gym. Because I hate going to the gym. I go to the gym about half as much as I should because I hate it. And but but not wanting to be fat, it, you know, gives me the impetus to do something that I hate. But you know what? As soon as I say that, as soon as I say, you know what? There's an upside to fat shaming. Peer pressure to encourage people to do the best, do do better is not a bad thing. I get I turn around and I get hit with a story like this. The letter that went home with these Coal Mountain Elementary School students Tuesday was meant for their parents. And this mom has spent every day since trying to reassure her 10-year-old daughter who read it first. But I mean, the damage was done. She said, Mom, I am fat. The paper says I'm fat. Gretel Van Epp says her daughter has already been through enough. Her mom says she's tall for her age and because she's on a swim team, more muscular. But this fitness gram assessment, which the girl took at school, found that her body mass index is high than the healthy level and needs improvement. The school just told her by this, by how much she weighed and how much she, her height is, she told her, and you're fat. They gave it to my daughter in her hands, addressed it to her. That letter is for my eyes only. Now, I don't know if this uh, fifth grader in Forsyth County who got this letter is fat or not. I saw the video. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't think I was going to call her skinny. She wouldn't, the fat's not the first word that would spring to my mind. But I'll tell you this. If this fifth grader, in fact, were fat, I guarantee you she would know it. Because when you're in fifth, sixth, and seventh grade, if there's any way for the little monsters in school around you to torture you, they will. It's called middle school, and that's that's what they that's life in middle school. What the hell is Georgia accomplishing by this? Governor Nathan Deal signed this into law four years ago, according to our partners at uh, uh, Fox Five News. Uh, it's part of the fight against obesity in Georgia. The program calls for schools to conduct regular fitness checks, including BMI, and then send the information home with parents. I mean, once again, is there any parent 
who doesn't know that your kid is fat. When I was a fat kid, my mom and dad absolutely knew I was a fat kid. They could see the fatness on me. When I couldn't play peewee football at my age group, I had to play in the next bigger age group because I was too fat. They would, I would fall on the other kids my age. My parents knew that. I mean, there was no, it's not like kids are sneaking around secret fat to school. You know how when you have a dress code, you tell your daughter you're not wearing that, and then she leaves the house to get on the bus, and then she gets to school and changes in the bathroom? There is no, I put on the fat suit when I get to school and take it off when I come home. If you're fat, you're fat. Everybody knows it. Should Georgia be in this business in the first place of sending these letters home? Or maybe it's a case that for this fifth grade girl, as painful as as this is today, maybe it'll have a good impact on her over time, just keeping her focused on, I want to make sure that I stay in shape. I want to make sure that I don't let myself go. Is the price of fat shaming worse than a society where everyone's just fat and they're happy with fat and you have all the consequences of that? Let's ask Matt. Matt, you're on with Michael Graham. No, man. I, I don't. I really don't think this is an issue. And I say that because I was 100 pounds in kindergarten. I was so Whoa. big that there was only one other kid that was heavy enough to ride the seesaw. If he wasn't in school, I couldn't play. You weighed 100 pounds in kindergarten? Kindergarten, dog. Holy crap. I had, I had a 50-inch waist when I was 12. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, I, as an adult, you know, I powerlifted. My excuse was, well, I'm fat because I'm powerless. But it was all an excuse. Mm-hmm. And when I would go to buffets, people would make runs on crab legs just by seeing me show up. <laughs> and at some point, at some point, that really got on me. You order a beer, you order a, a, a Michelob, right. and they bring a Michelob light or a, or a Michelob dryer sure. or whatever. Right. And and you and you yeah, it, it it weighs on you. But here's the other side of that: you turn 47 years old, your cholesterol's bad, your health's bad, and there, there's things you should feel bad about in life. Mm-hmm. I see I have lost 85 pounds since January. Wow. Now it can be done. And it's just a matter of you got to detach yourself emotionally from food. But you see the fat people, and you've been fat, so you know. The truth is, deep down inside, you feel terrible about yep. it. It affects your day. And it bothers other people to look at you and watch you suffer. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it's self-inflicted. And, man, if you can do something to help yourself, you should be doing it. Matt, thanks for the great call at 844-404-1067. And I agree with Matt that people who are are fat know it, and it weighs on them. And one of the things that weighs on you, in my experience, was the knowledge that it was self-inflicted. And so encouraging me to give in to that, encouraging me to just, oh, whatever, you're fine, encouraging me, yeah, we're all beautiful our own way, blah, 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 blah. That was the opposite message that I needed. The message I needed was you can do something about it. You can do something realistic about it, and you can have good outcomes. So how about it? Do we need fat shaming letters going home with our kids in school? Is that good or bad? What would your reaction be if your daughter came home to you crying, saying, Mommy, Daddy, my school says I'm fat? This is the law here in Georgia. Is Georgia doing it right? You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.